Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, everybody. How is everyone today? Great. Is anyone alive here in this place? All right. Good. Considering the other option, it'd be terrible. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, why not give it up, first of all, for everyone that is at Highland Colony and at Fondren, Point Dexter, and online. There we go. <laughs> uh, listen, I love being here. Uh, I, this is uh, our home in Mississippi. Uh, our daughter was born here, and so now it's just, it, it's not like we're visitors in Mississippi or living, but from another place. We feel like we're from here now, to the point where we were on a flight recently, and, and some people at the airport, they were asking us where we were flying to, and we're like, oh, we're going to go to Mississippi. They're like, Mississippi? I was like, hold up now. Listen, it's like, you know, you got a little brother and you can make fun of your little brother, but it's because it's your little brother, but no one else can make fun of your little brother. That's how I felt. I'm like, no, 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 no. Listen, you take that back right now or you're about to meet the creator, right? (laughs) Creator of Rankin County, Mississippi, actually. So you better watch out. And so anyway, we love being here. Uh, This is uh, an amazing place. How many know that Word of Life is a great church? I mean, it's a... It really is. And I say this all the time. We can't say it's the best church in the world because that would be prideful. But it's one of the best. And if you ask me, it's one of my favorite. Uh, But anyway, today uh, we want to talk about something that uh, I don't know if you've noticed this. Probably if you've come to church for a while. But church is pretty simple. And the things that are taught in church, they're profound, but they're easy. It's simple. There's really not a lot to it. It's either you read the Bible and you do it. You you pray, praise, serve, come to church, invite people, and then do it all over again. And then read the Bible. Hopefully you're doing what you're reading, right? Be a doer of the word. And that means you're praying, you're praising, uh, that, that means you're serving, that means you're coming to church, you're inviting people, and then that means you're doing it all over again. And then you're reading the Bible again, and then you're hopefully you're doing the Bible. And, and it's just one of these things. I remember back, back in my school in Columbia, uh, all of us were soccer players. But we, there was this basketball coach, and he saw, I don't know if he saw himself like in a Disney movie further on where he, like, he makes soccer players into basketball players, but he really wanted to so he comes to us and he convinces us he's like listen when it's off season for soccer why not come and play basketball for us so I was like okay cool and, and, and there was a, a lot on the team that were very athletic who we were going to be pretty good but I hated practice I really did because especially in like basketball practice there's a lot of repetition and I would tell the coach like I already did a layup why are we doing a layup again like let, let's do cooler stuff like teach me how to dunk and he said well I can't teach height and so that was kind of mean. Uh, 
And I still remember it to this day. But one thing that he told me in one of these practices was, John David, a professional is someone that can do the basics automatically. That's what makes him a professional. It's not someone that has to be thinking about how to do, you know, the two steps in order to do a layup or the triple threat or whatever that is. It, it comes automatically to them. And I believe that as Christians, these things have to be automatic in our life. That you don't have to go through a struggle or go through a hard time and then have to, like, go ask someone, what do I do now? Should I praise? Should I pray? Should I, should I go to his presence? But a professional, and hopefully a professional, professional Christian does these things automatically. That the first thing that you do is that you go to God. That when you wake up, you go to him. That when you go to sleep, you, you go to him. Like It's a constant. When you go to work, you go to him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And if you're, if you're doing that, then the results of your life are different. There's a reason why the results of a professional game are different from a pickup game. It's why people get paid professionally, but they don't get paid for pickup. It's because there's a difference on the basics. There's a difference on what is automatic to them. And I want to inspire you today that hopefully these things that you find repetitive, that hopefully you can see. The, the beauty in these things, that there's beauty in prayer, there is power in praise, that these things are not just to keep you busy, but these things are to keep you winning, winning over the enemy. Uh, in, in our life, in, in uh, the Ramic household, there is a whistle. And my, my mom taught it to us, and my brothers know it, my uncles know it. We have a family whistle. I don't know if you have a family whistle, but this is my family whistle. If you were to hear that, you know a Ramek is in the vicinity because we do it all the time when we go to Walmart and we lose each other. I'm looking for Carolina. I'm going. <whistles> Sometimes it gets kind of embarrassing because there's like a lady that thinks I'm whistling to her. I'm like, no, 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 no. Please don't get it confused. That would be. <whistles> but I'm not doing that. Like, I have, to, I have to teach you, you know, like, no, no, this is I'm, call, I'm, call, I'm calling my people right now. I'm calling the Ramek's. But when we go on vacation, when we go on vacation or when we travel or whatever, you hear that whistle and we know, oh, it's time to go. It, it's automatic. It, it, it's a sound that is related to a Ramek. Well, did you know that there is a sound that is related to a Christian? Did, did you know that there is a sound in your voice that, or that should be heard that identifies you as someone that believes in Christ? And it's that sound of faith, it's that sound of worship, it's that sound of consistent and continual praise. Psalms 28 verse 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. How many are glad that you are being helped by God? And it says, because of that, my heart leaps for joy and with my song. I praise him. See, there is something that should identify you, and it's that song that is in your heart. I'm not asking you to be musically inclined. I am not musically inclined with my voice. But you can still praise God with a joyful noise. Like, it, it's, still, you're like it's biblical, and you can still do it. 1996, there was something pretty interesting that happened in coal mines. I, 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 I kind of like that story. It, it, for the longest time, there was something that you would always find in coal mines, and it was a canary. 
And the reason why they had canaries in these coal mines is because canaries are more susceptible to methane gas, carbon monoxide, and carbon dioxide, which ends up, can kill you if you inhale too much of it. So usually they would put these canaries uh, in the coal mine, and as long as the canary was singing, everything was fine. But if for some reason a few minutes passed and they couldn't hear a canary singing, they knew something was happening. They knew something was wrong. And they knew that whatever just killed the canary is probably going to kill me. And so we have to run out. In 1996, they, they, they changed the law and they, they, they put these things where now it's like battery-operated uh, detectors. But the people were getting mad because they, they really didn't know if the detector would work, if, if, you know, if the batteries were placed right or not so they still took canaries because they knew at least if the canary stopped singing we're in trouble it's it's easy and I want to present this idea to you when your praise stops there's probably problems as well it's a, it's a good way to measure where you're at in life. Where is your praise? What environment are you in? Because you probably notice you, you go through seasons. There's some seasons where you wake up and you shower to praise music. You eat breakfast to praise music. You're on the car to praise music. Like, it's great. And, you're, and then you go through seasons where you, you forget. And I'm not saying, please do not confuse the message for the method. I'm not saying if you put Christian music on, then everything will be fine. All I'm saying is praise is a result from spending time with him. That when you've spent time with God, it's easy to talk about his goodness. It's easy to talk about his grace because you've seen it. You've seen it in the land of the living. I cannot deny who I've been with. And he's been way too good to not talk about him right now. So allow me to praise him because it's a result. See, it's hard to believe in someone you don't know. It's hard to praise someone you haven't been with. And so for a lot, there's a lot of people where they're like, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't want to say. Well, when you spend time with him and when you recognize how good he has been, because whether you think about it or not, God has been extremely good. God has been extremely faithful. Now, has your life been perfect? I don't think so, but has God been good? Absolutely. Is God worthy of your praise? Absolutely. Is God worthy today? Absolutely. So what praise and worship does, it actually is studies have shown that music can evoke memory. And there's a lot of studies that, that, that have been done about how music can actually generate memories and help you with your memory. And I believe praise and worship helps us with that, that when you are not in a state of faith, that worship can bring you back to that place. That worship can bring you back when you remember how good he has been. And actually, Psalms 103, uh, verses uh, 1 to 5, we see King David. And King David is a, an amazing person because K King David went through a lot of stuff. He, he was promised a throne but ended up in a cave, right? Like, uh, out of all his brothers, he was the one anointed, and yet he was the one sent out to tend the sheep. And then when he was tending the sheep, he had to fight lions and bears. And, you know, one would think, you know, you might just move location. Like, you move away from the bears, David. Move away from the lions. But, but he was happy and content because he knew that God was with him. And that if God was with him, whatever he promised, he was going to fulfill. 
And he didn't have to force his way into it. He just had to flow his way into everything that God had promised him. So, but uh, obviously his life wasn't perfect. And in one of these stages of his life where he was going through a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, uh, a lot of things, uh, he, he wrote this psalm, Psalms 103, because he actually had to talk with himself first. Have you ever had to talk with yourself? Have you, ever, have you ever just been, been on this emotional roller coaster where you just had to look at yourself in the mirror and you, have, you, you need to calm down right now? It's like, it's like that Captain Phillips movie. It's like, listen, I'm captain now. Like, uh, listen, we got to calm down. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So what is he doing right now? He's talking to himself. He's talking to his emotions because he's noticed that the singing is gone. He's noticed that the music has stopped. And so he looks at himself and he's like, listen, listen, soul, you and me, no, no, look at me, look at me up here right now. You and me are going to bless the Lord. And I don't care what you feel. I don't care what is going on right now. Listen to me, soul. Listen to me, emotions. You and me, we're going to bless the Lord, and we're not going to forget all of his benefits. What we're actually going to do is remember his benefits, which he goes on to verse 3. He says, who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things. I'm, I'm very happy about that one, right? So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. See, this is what worship does. It reminds you of his goodness and it sets you up again in a place of faith. And it is in the place of faith where you win. I, I've talked about it before. Uh, we, we have a, my, my brothers and I, we have a cousin who was very good at baseball, extremely good at baseball. Like he, he was throwing over 90 miles an hour, uh, just very good. And so we would go out and play with him. But once he started throwing 90 miles per hour, we didn't want to play with him anymore. Because it hurt. And, like, we, we can barely use our hands. We're soccer players. And so we're like, ah. And, and so anyway, I, I was getting frustrated with him because he was such an athlete. And it just it made me mad. And my, Danny, he was like six, seven years old. And we were out playing with him. And then one day, our cousin brings a couple of friends over. And they want to play soccer. I'm like, Okay. Uh, and, and so we, we go outside, and they're playing soccer, and they're like, hey, you guys want to play? And we're like, okay. He's like, do you guys play? You know, some, uh, a little. Uh, and we go, and I make the teams. I'm like, all right, so Danny is with me, and we'll play, we'll play you guys. And they're like, really? And I was like, oh, just watch. Uh, humility, obviously. Uh, and, and so we, we crushed them. We absolutely destroyed them, in, like, to the glory of God. Uh, <laughs> Like, this is my testimony today. We, we showed him, you should go back to baseball. But, but one thing I learned, though, is it's the same thing with faith. You know, you, you, you don't want to fight the enemy in the camp of the emotions. You don't want to fight the enemy in the field of the circumstances. You want to fight him in the field of faith. Because that's where you're going to win. I understood if I want to beat my cousin, I can't play baseball with him. I, I, I can't play basketball with him. But I can play soccer with him, and I'm going to destroy him. 
And in the same way, as Christians, sometimes we try to fight the devil through emotions. Fight the devil via circumstances. And fight the devil via grit. It's like, I'm just going to push my way through this problem. Instead of just coming to the arena of faith and believing in him. And, and what brings you to that moment is praise and worship. Uh, with, with Carolina, uh, when we moved to the States, uh, there, we were doing her paperwork so that she could be a resident. And while that paperwork went through, uh, she couldn't leave the country. So for 15 months, we never left the country. We never visited our family or anything like that. But it just so happened that someone very important, her sister, was about to get married. So we had to make it to Colombia, but immigration wasn't giving us our papers. And, and so we were a little bit frustrated. It was a Monday, and she was going to get married on a Saturday, and we still didn't get the papers. And so I'm calling immigration, and I call i'm like listen is there anything you guys can do because we need to leave the country and they're like the best we can do is move up that date i'm like okay to when six months from now so i'm like no 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 listen listen to me i'm captain now uh it, <laughs> listen uh i need it in six days like i need to be in colombia in six days and they're like well we really can't do it and then, so I hung up. I tell Carolina, I'm like, sorry, babe. I mean, there's really nothing we can do. And she's crying. I'm feeling kind of bad. I'm like, ah, you know, whatever. And, and then we get a letter from immigration that same day saying, uh, you know, your, your paperwork is being canceled right now. It call us later. And so I'm like, well, now it's even more impossible now. So I'm like, whatever. I call my friend. And I'm like, listen, if you were in my situation, what would you do? He's like, well, there's really nothing you can do. But maybe just go up to the office and, you know, just talk to them. So we went to the office, talked to the lady. I'm like, listen, this is what happened. It's canceled. What do we do? And she's like, the only thing we can do right now is put your biometrics in, which is the, like a I thing, real quick. And then we can push up your date. I'm like, oh, great. That, that, to when? Three months from now. I'm like, no, no. See, I don't think you guys. I mean, immigration's got to get together and pray. Yeah. Because you guys aren't understanding. I need to be there Saturday. So anyway, so they, they get her biometrics in. We close the door literally the, the second week. I kid you not. I, I'm not even making this up. This was so incredible. Close the door. We walk out, and then I get a phone call, and it says Washington, D.C. So I'm, I, I look at Carolina. I'm like, it's probably the president wants my advice. <laughs> uh, allow me. And so I didn't know. I thought someone was just going to, like, you know, sell me something or tell me about a credit card. So, like, I answer, I answer, my president, what can I do for you? And then there's this guy on the line is like, uh, is this John Romick? I'm like, oh, yes, it is. Oh, this is from the immigration office. I'm like, oh, hello, sir. <laughs> How are you? Uh, and he's like, we just saw you guys did this day, whatever. Uh, I've been assigned your case this very moment. Uh, how can I help you? So we tell him, and he's like, listen, the only thing I can do is I can open up a, a, a space for you at the New Orleans office. So I tell Carolina, I mean, it's, it's closer to Columbia. So like, well, let's, let's, let's go there. So two days later, we're in New Orleans. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to have faith, but I don't want to get hurt. Have you ever been there? You know, like I'm a, I'm like, I, I'm a big man of faith, but please don't hurt me, right? Like, is it? And so we're walking there. She goes in. This is like a, a Thursday, Wednesday. Uh, and she goes in and she comes out. And I tell her, so what did they say? She's like, they're going to give us an answer Friday. I'm like, but Friday we leave. I had, I had reserved tickets for Friday because there, there's no other way to get to Saturday's uh, event. And so anyway, so I'm like, okay. 
And all throughout this week, there had been one song. The reason I'm telling you this story is because there's one song that every time I hear, it reminds me of that moment. And it was a song that we sing at church that all, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good, right? I'm not going to sing it because I don't want to embarrass myself. Uh, but you understand. And so we're singing it. And I'm singing, Father, you are faithful. Father, you are good. And so we get there Friday morning. We wake up early. And we're, we're just, we're, we're there in faith. We're like, oh, this is going to happen. So I'm like, as Carolina feels that the Holy Spirit is telling her to walk in and ask a couple of questions. So she does. And she finds out that the person that was assigned her case got sick that day. Yeah. See, that was my reaction too. I was like, oh, but we're so close. Like, I can see the ocean. Like, we're there. Uh, and so she calls me. It's like, well, the person's sick and says, he's going to come back on Monday. I'm like, no, no, but tell him we have to get there tomorrow. And they're like, well, I, I, we don't know what to do. And then this other old guy comes in, sees Carolina, talks to her. And is like, oh, I can do that real quick. And like in five minutes, puts a stamp on and, and gives it to her. And we're like walking and we're like, we never doubted, you know. <laughs> This is what that faith walk, you know, this is what we're about. You know, here we are. And we're, you know, we want to beat Goliath and all that. We get, we get to the airport. All this time, I'm not kidding you, the, the song is singing. You know, all my life you have been faithful. I'm like, yeah, I see it now. I see it now. Uh, it, we get, and the tickets that we had reserved had been oversold, and so now we didn't have tickets. And it was the only flight. And so we're, so literally, she tells me, no, we sold your tickets. We're sorry. And I'm like, ah, why? And I turn around. I'm like, why, Lord? Why do you give me your hardest battles? And, and Carolina looks at me. He's like, no, no, no. We're not doing that right now. Uh -uh. How many are glad for spirit-led people, right? Uh, and she looks at me. He's like, God hasn't brought us this far to then just let us go. And I look at her, I'm like, wait, no, I'm the preacher, not you. How dare you? Uh, and so she's like, no, we're going to believe. And so I look at her, I'm like, but, it, babe, like, it's impossible. Like, there's no other flight right now. And I'm getting frustrated. I was like, we don't even have friends with private jets we can ask him for a favor. Like, what do you want to do? And she's like, well, well let's just keep praying. I'm like, that's what I've been doing. So we pray. Uh, and we find an airline that's not online. It's a very small airline. And we ask him. We needed to get to Miami because that's where our flight at 1 a.m. in the morning was leaving to Bogota, Colombia. And so we're like, can you get us to Miami? And they were like, yeah, but we have to stop in Houston. I'm like, perfect. We stop in Houston, and then the plane breaks down. <laughs> How many of you know the devil's a liar? He's also a punk. Like, <laughs> yes, he is. And the, the pilot literally said uh, over the speakers, he's like, listen, one of the turbines is not working. We're going to have to check it. I'm like, well, what about the other turbine? Like, let's just go, let's just go on one turbine. I don't care. Like, let's fly like this. Like, we'll make it. Uh, and so we had to wait. It was, we got to Miami. I tell Carolina, run to the, the, the airplane. Because I had to get my bags, which I kid you not, were the last bags to come out. The last bags. Like, wheelchairs came out. Everything came out. <laughs> crutches. And I'm like, where are my bags? And then finally got them. I got to the front counter. And the lady looks at me because the plane was about to leave in like 45 minutes. And she looks at me and she's like, you really think you're going to get on this plane? And I look at her as like, if you do my story from Monday, 
I can tell you I can believe anything right now. And she looked at me and was like, okay, fair enough. And so we got the tickets, we got on the plane, and then we, we, we made it. But, but the, the, the emphasis of the story is not just like, oh, you know, God did great things. The emphasis of the story is whenever I do hear that song again, it reminds me of his faithfulness back then. And then when I, when I look back and I see his faithfulness and his goodness, it, I would be remiss to not believe him for now. Because it, it, he was so good back then. And then the word of God says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So his goodness back then is the same goodness right now. And will continue to be the same goodness for forever. That there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. There is no angels, nor demons, no mountains, no valleys. There is nothing created that can separate you from his love and from his goodness. So forget not his benefits. Forget not how good he is. It's like David in Psalms 34. He said, I, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And then he goes on because they're in a cave. He's with this man. They've been through a rough time. And so he starts telling them, listen, I sought the Lord. And he answered me. And he delivered me from everything. Those who look to him are radiant. Come on, they're be blessed. And he gets so excited, he stands up and says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You will never see if you don't taste. You have to take a taste. You have to dive in. Don't, don't, if there is a lack of music in your life, may, maybe that is the problem. Psalms 33 verse 3 says, sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. Psalms 40 verse 3 says, he put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. This is what I believe, that as you walk this life with God, he will create a testimony in you that will make others believe in God. But it's, it's got to start with you. It's got to start with you. He will give you a new song. What does that mean? That there's more victories to be won. There's more victories to walk into. There is more blessings. There's better things. We say this all the time, but it's because it's the truth. The best is yet to come. You have more songs to sing. You have more victories to tell other people, not just about what has happened, but about what is happening right now. That people see you and they're like, how, how do you live under the same economy yet you're so happy? And it's like, that's your testimony. Testimony. Oh, well, let me tell you about a God that is faithful. Let me tell you about a God, you know, that, that is good right now. That we can see his goodness in the land of the living. Let me tell you about a God who is my shepherd. And because of him, I do not lack for anything. Surely goodness, surely mercy. Follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in his house. Let me invite you to his house. Come with me and see how good he is. Psalms 98 verse 1, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. How many know God has done marvelous things? How many of you can praise him today for what he has already done? How many of you can worship him today because of his goodness? Up until this point, we're not even talking about what's to come. We're just talking about how good he's already been. Sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. Acts chapter 16, 
There's a story. I'll finish with the story. Acts chapter 16, verses 22 and 26. Paul and Silas have been preaching. They've been doing the will of God. Have you ever been doing the will of God and then bad stuff happens? Sometimes they'll sell you this idea that if you're doing the will of God and if you're being obedient to his word, nothing bad will happen. But in reality, in the world you live in, bad things will happen no matter what. But our testimony is who we're with during those bad times. See, see that, that truly is uh, the, the blessing of God, is him with us. It's Emmanuel, God with us, that when the angels were singing, they are like, listen, he's about to be with y'all. Because they were from the south. He's about to be with y'all. Because sometimes when we pray, we pray for God to move the, the, the problem away, right? It's like David. It's like, can you just kill Saul? You know, it, but, but it, that, that wasn't going to happen. And then David understood that instead of removing his problem, I'm blessed because I have you in the middle of this problem. It's like, we've talked about this before, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in the fire. The fire was never put out, but they were never burned. Why? Because there was a fourth man in the fire. It's like Daniel in the lion's den. You know, he wasn't eaten. It wasn't that the lions were removed. It was that God was with him in the middle of it all. That people will see you go through it, walk out of it without a scratch, and then they'll be like, how do you do that? And you're like, see, it's God with me, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and if God is for me then who can be against me so we have Paul and Silas they're in jail they've been preaching the word of God says the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods and after they had been severely flogged they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully And then it says, when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Verse 25. And then about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. You've heard this story before, but what were they doing? They were praying, but then they were also singing. See, singing will will, will bring you back. It's not the act of singing, like melody. It's the act of what you are saying during that time. It's the word of God proceeding from your mouth. You are creating something, but you're also situating yourself in the place of faith once again. That they've been through it, but they're like, but God has been way too good to not just worship him right now at midnight. Now, this is is interesting, though, because... Uh, Paul and Silas weren't the only people that have been put in jail in the Bible. Uh, Peter actually recently in this story had also been put in jail. And it says that when Peter was in jail, he prayed. And when he prayed, an angel came and brought him out, took him out supernaturally. And he brought him to his own, to his church people. And it was awesome. But Paul and Silas have a, a different outcome. They, they're both free, but it says suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, verse 26, and at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. So now look at the difference. I, I, I heard um, a pastor from Nigeria. His name is Bishop Areboye. He's got a huge church. He's got, it's like 600,000 people in this church. It's ridiculous. But he said something that still resonates with me today. He said, you know, God will listen to your prayers, but he inhabits your praises. 
And, and there's a power in your praise because that's where he lives in. It's, there's faith in that moment. And we see it expressed here where Peter prayed and he was saved. But when Paul and Silas prayed and praised, everyone got saved. See, they're, 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 I think there's a truth here, and it's that it, it, the, the blessing of praise for everyone around you doesn't require their participation. As long as there is someone willing to do it in that place. Because I hear a lot of people, oh, my family doesn't want to go to church. Yeah, but as long as you're praising in that church, bring in the presence of God to your household. And you will see how everyone gets saved because the prison doors flew open for all of them. So I, I, prayer is powerful, but so is praise. And when you mix them both, you get this moment of total freedom. Why is there total freedom? Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. But in his presence, there is freedom. And when you praise him, you bring that presence in. And then everything that comes with that presence is made available for you. His freedom. Come on. His blessing. His healing. His restoration. Everything that he is made available for you right there and right then. And what have you been doing? You've been bringing his praise in. You, you, you've been bringing his presence in via praise. And I want to invite you for, for praise and worship to not just be a, a moment in church, right? A, a lot of people, I, I've seen them, you know, they, they, they'll walk in and they'll see that they're singing and they'll say, oh, yeah, we got time. And it's like, no, the, 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 the service already started, uh, it, praise and worship is not those two songs that allow you to get here late. It, praise and worship is the moment where you magnify him, where you give your all to him. It, 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 I believe praise and worship is one of those powerful moments where his presence moves and we see healings, we see signs, we see wonders, we see miracles. We're a church that believes in miracles. And we believe in miracles not only for Lakeland, but we believe in miracles for Highland Colony. Come on, we believe it for Poindexter. We believe it for Fondren. We believe it for online. Because all you have to, you're just one praise away from his presence. So why not today? I've learned something, and I keep learning it, is as the older I get, the smarter my parents seem. Has this happened to you? Uh, you know, like when you're young, you're like, oh, my parents don't know anything. But now the older I get, I'm like, oh, you know, they know something. And, then, and the older I get, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they know a lot. And one of the things that my dad used to do that just would generate this cringe factor in my life is uh, he would always, you know, at a Walmart or whatever, you know, grocery shopping, he would start singing, and he's not a singer. You know, he has no rhythm, but it just, it would just come on him, and he'd start singing, and he would sing this old, like, Pentecostal song. He would start saying, living, he loved me, dying, he saved me. Gary. Oh, you guys have been to my dad's church. Okay. Well, anyway, so, so he starts singing a song, and I'm, like, trying to buy Pop-Tarts. I'm like, Dad, please, no, please, no, 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 not here, because I knew where it would take him. I knew because once he started, I mean, listen, he, he's a, he was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. Like, there is no rhythm at all in his body. And yet, he would be pushing. And be, he'd start, like, stomping. And I'd be like, please no. Like, this is embarrassing. Like, this is the Pop-Tart aisle. My friends are here. But I, I've seen my parents' life, and I've told you about, you know, their testimonies and things like that. And I understand why. 
Because God has been way too good in their life for them not to praise him in the middle of the Pop-Tart aisle. God, God has been way too faithful in my dad's life for him to not burst out in thanksgiving. Because that, that, that's what happens when you remind yourself of the goodness of God. When you think of his faithfulness and how faithful he has been up until this point, it's just a result. It's not a moment. It's just a result. You're like, wow, God, you've been way too good. I love, thank you, Father. I praise you. And my dad would continue to sing that song, and he'd go into the next part of that song. we just start saying, send it all down. Send it all. Oh, let your Holy Ghost come on down. I'm like, please, please, please not here. Like, do not get Pentecostal at the Walmart. But then fast forward a couple of years, and I've been through stuff. My wife has been through stuff. And guess who's singing at the Kroger? <laughs> and Amanda's just going to have to suck it up. Because you know? God has been extremely good for me not to sing his praises. Has God been good to you? Does God not deserve all your praise, all your worship? Come on, Fondren, does God not deserve all your praise and all your worship? Highland Colony, Point Dexter, come on, God has been way too good. Father, we worship you today. Father, we give you all the glory. We thank you for how good you've been. We thank you for how good you are. We thank you for how good you are going to be. We worship you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, someone praise him. Someone praise him like the doors are opening. Someone praise him like the chains are falling. Someone praise him like you believe that the best is yet to come. Hallelujah! Woo! Gloria! Hey! Hallelujah! Come on, sing a new song. Sing a new song from your mouth, from your life. Just praise him. Say, Father, I worship you. I praise you. I magnify you. I give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Hallelujah. 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 Woo. Yes. Gloria. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let it let it burst. Let it come from your within. Rivers, rivers, rivers of living water. Gloria a ti, gloria. Hallelujah. Ha ha ha. Yes. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 Roba baba sete kere baba It's like a friend would say, you know, people will see these moments and like, is that necessary? You know? My friend would answer, it's only necessary if it's necessary. 
And sometimes, see, you, you, may, you might not know what I've been through, but they, I, I'm praising him because I've been through it, and I'm still out, and I'm still breathing. Maybe you haven't been through these things, but I have, and, and it just makes me burst. It makes me burst with joy. Mom, God has been extremely good. I, I have seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. Surely goodness and mercy have followed me all the days of my life. But I have not seen the righteous forsaken or in seed begging for bread. Come on, this is a reality in my life. I'm going to praise him for a little bit. You do whatever you want, but God has been way too good in my life for me not to praise him, for me not to thank him. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, praise him like you believe it. Come on, praise him like it's real. Praise him like it's true in your life. Come on, his presence is here. He abides in the worship of his people, in the praises of his people. Gloria a ti, Padre. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, you guys came ready. I feel that itch, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you, you wonder, okay, so what is happening right now? We're, we're positioning ourselves. We're positioning ourselves. We're bringing in his presence. See, the life is not about how I force. It's about how I flow in his presence. It's about how I let it happen so he gets all the glory. Is it, this is where testimonies are actually written in his presence. That while you praise him, something is happening in your future that you can't write. While you're praising, something is happening in your body that you can't correct. While you're praising, doors are being opened and doors are being closed because that's how good God is. It's why we praise him. It's why we worship it's why we lift our faith. It's why we lift our hands. It's why we lift our voice. Woo! Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for today. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our honor. You are worthy, Father. You've been way too good. Your faithfulness is forever. And we love you, Father, and we worship you today. We give you glory and we give you honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I had written something down. I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be for right now. But as we were flying in to Jackson, oh, we... Uh, I heard a spirit say uh, to my heart, he said, you're entering a season of harvest. 
And so I said, I said, that's great. That, that's cool. But it's kind of cliche because we're like summertime, you know, like it's, it's, it's you know, like the, it's just the thing to say in summer. It's like, no, 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 it's not harvest time because it's summer. It's harvest time because there's seed in the ground that you've already put. And what do you mean by seed in the ground? I was like, I need biblical context for this. I can't just say it to hype people up. He says, Psalms 126 says that those that have sown in tears will reap with rejoicing. That there is a season that you are walking into right now that what you've sown before, you will come out in rejoicing. That you don't know how God was turning it around, but you're walking into a season right now where you look back and you say, God has surely turned it around for my good. And he has filled my mouth with joy. He has filled my life with laughter. I have sown in tears, but I am about to reap. I'm about to reap with rejoicing in my life. Come on, he's putting joy in your steps right now. Joy in your life. Here's a full of joy. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So why not praise him today? Why not worship him today? Father God, we worship you today. We praise you today. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.